is the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, let's do it, man. What's better than a football Sunday? Not much. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs. We are on the airwaves until 2 o'clock this afternoon. Taking your phone calls, of course, at 800-919-3776. Hit us on Twitter, Ty D. Butler, Brandon Jacobs, 27. On a frigid day here in New York City. What a sensational day of football yesterday. You got the Ravens punching their ticket to the title game, followed by the Niners doing the same. And then today, oh, what a slate. Lions, chance to get to the championship game. First time since, what, 1991? Meanwhile, you have the Chiefs and the Bills, the latest installment of this quote-unquote rivalry. So, whole lot to get to. Good morning, my guy, BJ. What's up? Ty, my guy, Butler. Hey, man, life is great over here on this end. You know, a little frigid, you know, cold. You know, a little colder than the norm. But uh, everything is great. You got playoff football going on. Uh, uh, some interesting games to talk about that, that happened, you know, on the slate yesterday. And last night, you know, some, some great football was played. And uh, playoff football is what we came to see. You know, what we, what we you know, everybody wanted the San Francisco 49ers to go in that thing and walk over Green Bay, and they did not. That it was is. a great game to watch, man. And it, 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 the Ravens game, great to watch. Man. Great. Well, the first half was great to watch until they made the adjustment, but it was, it was still good to watch. Yeah, so let's start with what happened last night in, in San Francisco because, I mean, chalk it up to a gut-check moment. For the Niners, we were so accustomed to watching them not just win games, but do so convincingly. And and to the point where you never really thought the Packers had a chance entering this game because, you know, it's a cool story. Jordan Love, big moment beating the Cowboys. But even before the game, Greg Olson, you know, leading up to the broadcast said, this is a completely different animal. The Niners have firepower on both sides of the football. So any success had by Green Bay means a repeat of what they did last week against Dallas, but also got to take it up a notch. And they did just that. So, you know, I, I thought they were going to win the game. Aaron Jones escapes for that long run. They're up 21-17. But those Niners, man, they just won't go away. They know how to win football games. So your biggest reaction uh, as far as what we saw last night? Well, for me, I, I understand playoff football, right? I understand playoff football and how the how the tension can be raised, how a team that shouldn't be competitive in the game is competitive in the game, right? It's the playoffs. You know, you, you are among the best teams left. You are among the top four teams of your conference at this point last night, right? That's what you are. And there's a lot more, you know, so you got a lot of teams that have better records than you. Some may have won a division and out of the playoffs, right? So that's the Green Bay Packers, you know. Um, and let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers a little bit. They hadn't been convincing like that. Yeah, they dominated, but they're inconsistent. They're inconsistent. They lost three games straight throughout the season, and they came back, turned it on. But still, throughout the time, there was there were there were a lot of inconsistencies on defense. I mean, on offense with the Niners. You know, and specifically speaking of Brock, Brock Purdy, you know, when he's not consistent with the team, the whole team goes down offensively, right? You, they lost Debo Samuel last night, so they, you know, so they caught a bone with still winning without him. You give him a chance to get back. Not sure of his injury or what he suffered, but. He, you know, he he went out and, and missed the majority of the game last night. Now they battled back. You know, Brandon Ayuk had a great game. Craig, Craig, you know, you know Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, should be offensive in, in player my, of the in, year. In my, in my mind, the offensive player yep. of the year. So he 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 took over the game. 
you know, and, and, and it was fun to watch, man. But, you know, and there's no part of me thought the San Francisco 49ers would go in that thing and run and, and run all over the uh, Green Bay Packers. I mean, they were 10.5-point favorites, and, you know, this is a team that now is in the, the championship game three straight years. They've been there four of the last five times. The last year obviously ended uh, with the Brock Purdy injury, and many Niners fans will tell you that they would have beaten the Eagles and gone on to the Super Bowl had that not happened. But you brought up... Uh, that stretch they had from week six through eight where, you know, they lost in Cleveland. Remember, you know, it was a missed field goal uh, at, mm-hmm. as time expires. So they go on to lose that game and then at Minnesota, home for Minnesota, uh, uh, at Minnesota, home for Cincinnati. And it looked like, you know, this team could be in trouble. I, I remember, you know, the conversation back then was, yo, could Seattle steal that division? And then and, and after that, they, of course, silenced the noise. Uh, they beat um, Jacksonville, they, they they go on to win seven straight games before falling to the Ravens. But last night, to me, was just about this, man. We saw something we had never seen before in the Kyle Shanahan era. And that was this Niners team trailing late and finding a way to pull off the game. Because going back to 2017 when Shanahan took over, the Niners 0-30 when trailing by five-plus points entering the fourth quarter. So for all the people who had questions about Brock Purdy and his ability to deliver in ideal situ- or in situations that weren't ideal, he to some degree answered that last night. And I thought that, you know, maybe, just maybe, that type of win, and you can speak to this better, but that type of win where you got to gut it out, where, where you have that much anxiety and your quarterback has to rise to the occasion, staring at all the question marks, I think that type of win can send them in the right direction as far as the team morale. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, I think so. Because they gritted one out against a team that they probably didn't think they would have to grit one out against. They were at home. Yep. Uh, they're probably going to be at home next week again against uh, either one of these two teams that, that they will face. Uh, you know, they had they hadn't had to do that. If they were down, they lost. Yeah. You know, they came back, they fought back. You know, I, 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 at one point, I was looking at them like, "Wow, this is about to happen." The Green Bay Packers looked like the New York Giants in two thousand seven out there, <laughs> right? So that's how I felt. You know, it's so funny. You know, it's so funny. So you talk about um, looking like the Giants in two thousand seven. That Jordan Love throw to end the game was Brett Favre-esque. And yes, you guys, you guys picked them off in overtime, you know, to help to help start that run. But that what I feel, I feel awful for him because he had such a you know since week eleven, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But mm-hmm. Jordan Love, that that's just a mind-boggling, just comically bad decision. Absolutely, and 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 for me, I don't know if I'm tripping if I was watching a different game, but I didn't see anybody near the ball that wore his jersey. Mm-mm. Had his color jersey on. Yeah, it, no, it, it had to be a diving pick. wasn't an easy pick, but still, you can give yourself no chance to make a completion. You know what I'm saying? You, you you're down. You're within a minute. You're down three, and you you can't make that. You can't make that throw. At some point, with a guy like Jordan Love, he just hesitate. Man, go, go, slide, spike the ball, stop the clock, and 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 and, and take another shot at it. Yeah, he live, just threw it up. Live to see another down. Right, absolutely. He just threw it up, and it's just it got picked. You know, he may not, he may have thought he was throwing into an empty area, but the man made an outstanding play to win the game. He did what he was supposed to do. 
you know, and this, you know, the caliber player it was. Greenlaw. What he was yeah. supposed to do, made a play for his team to win the game. Yeah, so, I mean, where are you now on Brock Purdy? I, like, are you of the mindset that they can, with this quarterback, win a Super Bowl? Or at some point it's going to bite them that they don't have someone elite under center who can help, you know, continue to push that firepower? Because, you know, you brought up Debo Samuel. Uh, looks like uh, he's going to have more tests today. They're hoping that he avoided that same injury he suffered in week six, which was a, a hairline fracture of his shoulder. That would be, you know, detrimental, obviously, to their offense. Uh, but, you know, Jennings stepped up yesterday. Do you think Brock Purdy, like, did your mind on, on Brock Purdy change yesterday because of that game uh, winning drive? Uh, you know, I, 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 I've been this way for the last eight or nine weeks now when it comes to Brock Purdy, and they've been dominating the last eight or nine weeks, obviously. But I'm going to say this. If you give... And and people are gonna keep probably kill me for you know for this when it comes to Twitter right and all this other stuff. Give Brock Purdy the Houston Texans and they don't make the playoffs. I don't think you get crushed for that. Give him the Houston Texans and they don't make the playoffs. Well, C.J. Stroud's the offensive rookie of the year and he's already one of the what eight nine best quarterbacks in football. So I don't think you'd get a lot of pushback on that. You know, you know how people are, man, when they feel like you're being absurd, which is some stuff. You know, the guy's a rookie. You know, Brock Purdy's done this, he's done that. Take him, take Brock Purdy off the San Francisco 49ers team and put C.J. Stroud there and they might be undefeated. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, it's 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 fun. it's a fun exercise to do. Like, how many teams... And this is the—I feel awful doing this on the day after, the morning sucks. after. Yeah, yeah, right. The dude orchestrates uh, just—you know—I don't want to say an all-time moment, but at least like one of the best moments of the season. Obviously, given the circumstances, I feel awful doing this. But you know, Brock Purdy. How many other teams could you put him on, and say, yeah, they're still a Super Bowl caliber content, like Super Bowl caliber team? Mm-mm. He takes he he takes teams out of the playoffs. He takes teams out of playoffs. Now he had a he had a decent game. He had a decent game yesterday. Couldn't get going early on though. They was on him like 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 early on. But at, at but at the end of the day, man, he, he Chris McCaffrey is a huge reason why. He's a beast. And Debo Samuel is a huge reason why that team has any type of offense. Now Brandon Ayuk comes in. He Kittle. makes plays. Josh Kettle comes in. Yeah. He makes plays. The man has a loaded roster. Their offensive line, obviously Trent Williams. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Trent I, Williams, I, I, Trent Williams is a beast, man. I watched him really good last night because my son plays tackle. I watched him really, really good. Nobody gets past Buddy. No one. And then they've got maybe the best offensive play caller in all of football with with Kyle Shanahan. Though that series at the end of the first half just drove me crazy because I didn't Mm -hmm. understand why he was so conservative. That the Niners, it felt like, Shanahan was so afraid of the Packers getting the ball back and possibly getting three that Shanahan played himself out of seven, played for three, and then scored zero points because his, his kicker missed the kick. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he got really loosey-goosey with, with, with clock management, and it almost cost him the game. And we've seen this in the past. Clock management cost them the game in the Super Bowl in 2016 when he was the offensive coordinator. Now, it was clock management the other way because they were too aggressive and not conservative. But we've seen in the playoff against it happened in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Where when it's time for your quarterback to, to march the team down and get some points, 
he gets scared. He coaches mm-hmm. nervous, and that's going to haunt him at some point. Well, you know so, but also being too aggressive can also cost you as a coach. Look at the Green Bay Packers. They're up 3 nothing, right? It's third down, and I think it's third down and two or three. They get like two yards, right? It's fourth down and one. You and you on the 12-yard line. Why are you going for it on fourth and one when you could just take three? It looked like he picked it up, though. It looked like Jordan Love picked up that first down. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it it looked like he picked up, right? I get it. It looks like he picked it up, but the referees and what a ball was spotted says he didn't. Cost your team three points, and now you lose by three points. But let me ask you this, because we can do that in hindsight, but don't you feel like if you're Matt LaFleur coming into a game where you're, what, nine-and-a-half, ten-point underdogs on the road against the one seed, that high-powered offense, you're not going to beat this team kicking field goals. So if they pick it up and they score a touchdown, no one's complaining about it. We're, we only discuss it because, you know, that didn't happen. Going up 6 nothing means what? We saw the Eagles in the, in, the, in the game against the Niners. Back-to-back possessions, get to the red zone, kick field goals. They end up getting blown out. So, I get it. I understand, but you can't take for you, you you can't take the three points for granted when at the end of the day you lost by three points. Yeah. You can't take the it's three points. You always want to get points on the board. I'm more you concerned. You never want to leave points on the field. You, you don't ever want to do that. So those three points to me, like if we want to do the math and play that game, it comes at a different point. It's when the Carlson, the the kicker. For the Packers, misses that field goal. They're up 21-17. Aaron Jones has that big run. Niners mm-hmm. do a great job. Hold him to three. He kicks it. And for the, the 14th time this year, he missed a field goal. That's the mm-hmm. game right there. I, I think after he missed that, everyone in that stadium, everyone watching at home knew what was going to happen. We knew the outcome after that. That is such a, a game-changing, momentum-busting play where you know, if he makes it, you're now up a touchdown. Worst that can happen is you go to overtime. Worst that can happen, you go to overtime with another opportunity to win. You're not being rushed, and the quarterback don't have to make the type of decisions that he ended up making in the final drive because yep. you're in overtime. It's, yeah. a, it's a difference. Like either the kick, right, that that was missed by the field goal, that, that was missed by the kicker, or the decision to go for the fourth and one, I think I think – you know, coaches always say it's their fault. They are, they take the blame when you know you know when you lose. You can't blame the kicker for losing because because obviously there's other stuff that obviously ha- that happened in the game as well. But it's not other poor decisions by coaches that were that that was in the game that we can point out. I can point out a hundred different uh, situations in the game where a player messed up that led to one thing or another. But a coach making a decision to go for it on fourth and one, you in a divisional round of the playoffs, away on the road against the quite frankly the best team in the conference, and you go for it on fourth and one against a stout defensive line like like that versus taking three points. I, I'm baffled by that. Baffled, uh, baffled, baffled by, by that, that he is. That is Brandon Jacobs. I'm Ty Butler. We're on Ty. the air. What's up? It's not like he got to kick a 50 yard field goal. He was on it's the 12 yard line. Yeah, it's a chip shot. Yeah, that's right there. But I think that that's uh, but that's actually what works against the decision to kick it because you're so close. You're, you're thinking, like, we can get into the end zone. We're, we are a, a hair away from being up 10 nothing on the, a Niners team who we don't believe, once they go down double digits because of their quarterback, we'll be able to orchestrate a comeback. So I think it's a, it's a tough decision in that, in, that, in that situation. It's really tough. I see what you're saying. I'm taking the three points as a coach. That's fair. That's me. 
That's fair. 800-919-3776. That's Brandon Jacobs. I'm Ty Butler. We're on the air until 2 o'clock today. The Niners get 10 unanswered points in the fourth quarter last night to win that game 24-21 over the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so that is a tough loss for the Packers. Also a tough loss for the uh, anti-Aaron Rodgers crowd because, you know, they had those jokes queued up in their, their Twitter drafts uh, just to, to put out uh, if the Packers had one year removed from getting rid of Rodgers made it back to the championship game not just making it back to the title game but beating that team who with Kaepernick and with Jimmy G had, had uh, taken Rodgers out of the playoffs uh, multiple times. 800-919-3776 We are with you till 2 o'clock. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs taking your phone calls next right here on 987 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, there we go. It's a football Sunday. It's cold out here in New York City. BJ, we got down to like 18 degrees yesterday. 18 That's degrees. Crazy. That's crazy. That's frigid. So cold, man. Frigid, frigid. But we here. We getting it popping. 800-919-3776. So yesterday you had uh, Lamar Jackson make a statement en route to winning uh, an MVP. You've got the Niners dodging, dodging the Packers, barely getting by, squeaking by to get to the championship game. Josh Allen is going to play the biggest game of his career today. And then the Lions, they, they, they better win this one at home against the Bucs. All on the table, 800-919-3776. But let's go to the phone lines for the first time today. Batting leadoff is D in Queens. What's up, D? What's up, man? The 49ers are fraud. I'll be the first one to say it. They're a bunch of frauds. Okay? Right, the only difference it. between that game and the Ravens game, no, the only difference between that game and the Ravens game is the Ravens caught all those interceptions. Like, Brock Purdy threw like three, four picks that the, the Packers dropped. Yeah, Darnell Savage. Savage, Savage had a pick six, huh? man. Savage last week had a pick six. Yeah. Had another one yesterday, but just dropped it. Then it was a bunch of picks he threw. He threw like three picks, four picks, and then dropped. And then on top of it, when you have the coach of the Packers saying, anytime this guy kicks, I pray, man, you got <laughs> over. And it's going to love through the all-time worst pick ever. Like, you can play kicker. They tell you not to throw that pass. And he threw that pass. Yeah. I hear you, D. That that's no, that, I mean, that's they're fraud. So you so you think that you, you you think they're losing next week? You don't have them beating the Bucks or the Lions, whoever comes out either of this game team, today. Either team. Mm. First of all, Ravens are beating everybody. Yeah, I, I everyone agree. understands that. I agree like, with that. Again, they look they look like the rusty team the first half. The second half, they look like the Ravens, and it's not like they beat them. They stomped oh, everybody. Yeah, because they made an offensive adjustment. You know, at halftime, but the first half they couldn't do nothing against the Texans because they tried to sit in the pocket and throw the ball with Lamar Jackson and thought he was going to be able to run around and do what he wanted to do. But their defensive game plan that they had stopped that, so they came out with more design runs for for, uh, for Lamar to get in space. You know, versus them dropping back and taking off running with the ball, they played it perfect by blitzing the linebacker, keeping the running back in, and and, and spying on Lamar. The whole time. And that was the first half. The second half, they came in with more design runs for Lamar Jackson to get in the open field. So they made a great adjustment. Yeah, including on that fourth and one play. That was a huge um, momentum yeah. swing in the game. I, I got to tell you this, man. I I am so happy for Lamar Jackson. He's done everything you needed to do to solidify himself. Not just as, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in football. 
but I'm not premature in saying a future Hall of Famer. And that's just, you know, he's going to be back-to-back MVPs, two-time first-team All-Pro, all the regular season success. The only thing missing from his resume is postseason prosperity. And coming into yesterday, he was 1-3 in the playoffs, the one win over the Titans. He had never played well. But yesterday, four touchdowns, 100 yards rushing, 152 more passing. That was the best playoff half of his career. And it came after, you know, the first half where they had struggled. He clearly was frustrated. He said after the game, he's cursing people out in the locker room. I just thought that that was the perfect perfect situation for Lamar to, to rise up above that adversity and deliver the way he did in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. The, <clears throat> the first half we were all watching like, man, what 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 is it go- like what's going to happen? But like I said, the Texans defensive game plan and what they had in the first half was was great, right? They they played they played coverage obviously, and they took a linebacker and blitzed toward the line of scrimmage. Now, anytime that happens, on the offensive side of the ball, when you when you when your responsibility, a linebacker that you're supposed to block is approaching the line of scrimmage on any pass play, that running back is going to stay in. He will not go out. So that was one less option that Lamar Jackson had to get the ball to. Mm-hmm. Now, by not 100% passing the line of scrimmage, the running back never engaged with that specific linebacker. So he looked to help on the lineman, which left that linebacker wide open to spy on Lamar Jackson to keep him from running. So that's what they did. They 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 took an option away from him. He looked went inside to help a llama who may have been getting beat throughout the time. And this linebacker standing right here spying Lamar Jackson wherever he went. So he could not turn drop back passes into long runs yeah, he like he's been doing. He right. Right. So they came out and said, Okay, this is what they're doing. They're they're like they're spying, we're gonna have to get the run game going. And we're gonna have to use the run game to get Lamar in open in 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 the open field. They had a couple snaps where they ran the ball good, and they started running read option with Lamar. You can spy all you want there. You also got to respect this running back coming through. Yep. So it was, it was nothing they was able to do about it. Yeah, and he and he cooked them up in that second half. And yeah. you know he he knew the noise coming into the game was about all the pressure on him. I I I created a list of guys with the most pressure. Uh, coming into the divisional weekend, and Lamar was at the top of the list for all the reasons I mentioned. Never had a good playoff game. One and three. You're not going to be someone who wins the MVP twice and then falls in the playoffs, and then people are hesitant to criticize you. That's only going to grow louder. So that was an important victory for him, and now he's he's got the championship game at home next week. And, you know, coming in will either be Josh Allen's Bills or Patrick Mahomes' Chiefs. I'm looking forward to it. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Dino in the Bronx. What's up, Dino? Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, Good morning, Phil. Um, Listen, you can't argue argue stuff that didn't happen. Can't argue hypotheticals. But I'll tell you what. You know who's not missing that field goal? (laughs) Harrison Bucker or... Um, what's this guy's name? Justin Tucker? Yeah. Those guys ain't missing that field goal. Yeah. Yeah, 49ers got a lot to work on. A lot to work on. They do. I mean, they you can beat Detroit and the Bucks. You could beat them, but if, if you gave that same opportunity to any of these other kickers that you're going to burst in the Super Bowl, forget about it. Yeah, I mean they got they got away with one yesterday. They they really did get away with one yesterday, and I appreciate the call, Dino. Another thing, Brandon Jacobs is, it's funny because um, like we look at numbers sometimes and we take it at face value, 
But once you contextualize it, it it it, it kind of gives you uh, a more illuminated picture. And the the Niners statistically were really good against the run. But Greg Olson points out one of the reasons why the stats would show that is because teams don't run on them. Why? Because they usually up. One score, two scores, and now you become a pass-happy offense. Mm-hmm. You don't run the ball on the Niners. And we saw uh, Aaron Jones running amok on that defense yesterday. Right. I mean, and they, got, and they got a stout defensive front. You know, they have been consistent in the run game, you know, because, again, teams get down and they got to throw the ball. And now you D-line, they, 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 you know, the D-line got their ears pent back, and now they come in for blood, right? So, but – I, I I have seen teams run the ball on the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I have seen it. You know, first quarter on, you know, when they're still in the game, I've seen teams be able to do that. You know, with as as good as their defensive front is, they still they did give up yards in the run game. But they, or like you said, no one does, you know, no one attempts it on them, you know, as much because they're down before you know it and they can't just run the ball and throw away drives, try, you know, you know, drive after drive that way. Michael's in New Jersey. What's up, Michael? Hey, guys, good show. Thanks, um, Brandon, I just want to say, big fan, uh, I really do think the Giants have never been the same since you left, so really appreciated the way you played. I appreciate you, my uh, I live in Totoa, so I know I live in Totoa, so I know you've been in and around the area in your Giants time, so uh, happy to hear you again on the radio. I just wanted to talk about the Purdy um, fit in San Francisco. I kind of think, like, it may be uh, super important that you have somebody, obviously financially controllable, allowing you to build up the pieces around them, right? That's all part of it. Some of these high, ultra-high-end paid quarterbacks don't get the opportunity to have all these high-paid skilled players like he has. But more importantly, I think you need to be able to control the quarterback with leverage. You know, he, he wants to stay on the field, so he's going to follow the game plan. And when you have a Shanahan game plan, much the same as when you have a Belichick game plan, no disrespect to Brady, but... You know, it's kind of in your best interest to not go off schedule, right? Can you speak to that a little bit, like what his value is there, you know, being controllable financially and uh, being held accountable to the game plan? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, the game plan, most quarterbacks in the NFL follow, the, all quarterbacks in the, in, a, in, a, in a league follow the offensive game plan that, that was put in throughout the week, right? So financially controllable, yes. They can do whatever they want to do around around him they can they can pay guys like Debo they can bring in guys like Chase Young who's going to be up for a contract negotiation here in another year or so right they they can do that they paid their left tackle right you know they, got, they traded they got for a, Christian McCaffrey they, yeah they, they traded for Christian you know for uh, Christian McCaffrey so they was able to do a few things only because they can they were financially in control of anything Brock Purdy again he was Mr. Irrelevant he was the last pick of the draft so you don't owe him nothing. He's still in the rookie contract. But once that time comes, is he? It, the, the, here's the question: Is he's done? Ha, has he done enough to get that that multi-year, two hundred million dollar contract as a San Francisco 49ers quarterback? What will they do with Brock Purdy when his time is up? With everybody else around him, what, what are are they going to try to make another Brock Purdy? Are they going to try to be the team that go in and do that? You know what? We just went this far with a quarterback that was drafted last. Let's keep paying all the pieces around the quarterback and let's see what we can, you know, how lucky we can get, you know, and put somebody around, you know, and put a, a guy in here that can 
get the ball off and 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 be able to use the talent around them. I think the San Francisco 49ers model, what they have going on now with the quarterback and all the rest of the guys around them, I think it's perfect. Yeah, but Me they got to win. They got to win. They got to win. They got to win. They they win the Super Bowl. They may not ever go and and and, and get a, a high dollar quarterback. I wouldn't. Yeah, they got to win. With, with all of those pieces this, around Because at some point, it, it'll grow old, and you will become fatigued by the, the, the we keep knocking on the door, but we can't quite open it and knock it down. Because they, like I said, they've been uh, to the title game three straight years for the last five times, and you could make the case, you know, outside of last year, that the reason why they didn't go on to win it was because they didn't have a, a guy at quarterback who could deliver them to the promised land. And I say outside of last year because Purdy gets hurt. We we don't know what could have or would have happened. But, uh-huh. you know, they, they got to get it done. That's that's why, to me, they're the team, and, and I said this weeks ago, entering the playoffs that had the most amount of pressure. I thought it was San Francisco, and then it was Baltimore. And we'll talk more about the Ravens coming up simply because uh, of the whole Lamar Jackson situation. 800-919-3776. Back to your phone calls when we return. We'll also talk some Jets and Giants because there are some you know, pieces of, of information that came out this week about Brian Dable and you know his, his coaching style and how it rubs some people the wrong way. So we'll get into that. And, of course, the, the never-ending question that I posed to you a couple weeks ago was, you know, do we get to a point watching the Ravens where a lot of the Jet fan contingent looks at last year and says, man, we should have gone harder after that guy. We should have gone after him instead of Aaron Rodgers. So we'll get to that as well. 800-919-3776. Type out the Brandon Jacobs with you until 2 o'clock right here on 9870 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, here we go. Sunday, fun day they say, divisional weekend in the NFL playoffs, Niners win, Ravens win, Lions play the Bucks today, looking to get to the title game for the first time since 1991, I wasn't even born back in 1991, then of course tonight, uh, that's all the appetizer for what should be a, a filling entree between the Bills and the Chiefs, and, and Brandon, to me, I, I get he's already played in a championship game, but I think this, and even in the divisional rounds, the biggest game of Josh Allen's career, when you look at it from the standpoint of, I don't think any other quarterback outside of Lamar Jackson has more pressure on them during the playoffs. If not now for the Bills, then when? I get like we want to make this into a big rivalry, but so far it's kind of been dominated by the Chiefs, especially in the playoffs. So you got to look at it as, you know, Burrow's coming back next year. C.J. Stroud's on his way. We'll see what happens with the Jets and Rodgers. Like, this this is an excellent spot for the Bills to be in to finally slay that dragon. And then next week you'll play a Ravens team with Lamar Jackson who hasn't had much success. So it's a big spot for, for Josh Allen. I think the biggest game of his career. Absolutely. This is the first time you get Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs outside of Arrowhead in the playoffs. I mean, they've never been on the road. Really, yeah. you know, they've been at home, and it's the first time you get opportunity to get them in Buffalo, where it's going to be windy, it's going to be cold. Which I guess is going it's the same weather in in, in well, not as quite the same weather in, in Kansas City, but they're used to the elements, should I say? So but you get your home crowd, a, and it's a, compro- home crowd. it's a it's a compromised Chiefs team. It's the, their, their mm-hmm. offense is now their defense is legitimate, but their offense is not as good as what we've seen in the past. Like Rasheed Rice, I got tremendous respect for 
as a mm-hmm. rookie. Kelsey, just by even if he's not the same player, just his presence on the field, you're always going to have respect for him and have to honor that. Pacheco is like, you know, running like his pants are on fire. So they've got some weapons, but they're just not the same offensive team. I, I wouldn't say Travis Kelsey is older and not is not as productive as he's been. It's just that he don't have the same team around him. You don't have the same team around him. There's not any other weapons that's taken up that's, that that people got to really pay attention to. You know that that he had, that he's you know that was the you know they on their offense they 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 were they were loaded with explosive players. You know the last five years. Not last year when they won the Super Bowl. It's the no, same. No, the no, same no, no, team. No, no, no. I'm saying that, but but that's what I'm saying. But you you making it? It just sound like to to me that the, Travis Kelsey has done everything he can do the team. I don't think his. I don't, I don't think. I'm saying he's not as productive as as he's been in the past because of the weapons around him. Not no, but year, I'm saying, pretty good. yeah, last year that they had the same weapons though. Last yeah, year they had yeah. these, these same exact weapons. They and they, they won the Eric Super Bowl. Enemy too. They had Eric B. Enemy last year as well. That's true. You know, so so people keep you know so you know you know people keep you know skirting over the, you know over him you know in his departure not not making a difference. For the Chiefs, I absolutely think it makes a difference. A hundred percent makes a difference for the Kansas City Chiefs. They lost Tyreek Hill, who was one of the most dynamic players in in the in the league, in the history of the league. At that, right? They lose him and win the Super Bowl. They lose Eric Bieniemy is not the same. Yeah. So with the so so people skirting over that, you know, and, and and act like we don't know why the Chiefs are struggling. You know, they they're struggling because they they they, they lost. Probably one of the only coaches on their coaching staff that was cool and got along with a lot of players. He played the game at a high level. Was coached by a bunch of great players. He brought so he brought certain leadership to the team that they may not have had. Mm. Right, so they don't have that anymore. So that that could be one of the main reasons why they struggled as much as they did offensively this year. Patrick Mahomes is number two in, in turnovers behind a guy he's facing, yeah. Josh Allen, in turnovers. Right. That never has been the case. Never, the and, and a ever. lot of them were just mind-boggling. Right, he right. like he's just staring people down, and, and you know they had the pick six against the Raiders on Christmas Day. So, you know, I hear you. That that certainly losing the enemy has changed uh, the dynamics of this offense. But it just will go to to sh- it, it'll actually add to the legend of Mahomes if you know back-to-back years where he's faced adversity. Mahomes last year won a Super Bowl on one leg. Yeah, right. beating the Bengals and then beating the Eagles. If this year with this team, you know, everyone said that it's a down year for the Chiefs. If they win the Super Bowl in a down year for the Chiefs, having to go through Miami, having to go through Buffalo, having to go through uh, Lamar Jackson's Ravens, and then whoever comes out of the NFC, then that's just going to only add to the cachet and the legend that is Patrick Mahomes, who continues to show that you already give, he's one of the you best. You got to give ever. it to him, though. You got to give him his. You got to give him that status if he can achieve this. There's no reason why he shouldn't be known as the great next to Brady. Even the guy, the stuff he's doing, and some of it is, 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 you know, to have his team. If he wins this Super Bowl. You know, I gotta, I gotta give him his flowers. I've, I've been, I've been against giving Patrick Mahomes his flowers for a long time. Oh, so long, you, you're coming over time. to the other side? No, but if he goes and he wins the Super Bowl with this team, he has. Yeah, can you can't say nothing about nothing, him. nothing you can say nothing. because you know we we've got grown accustomed to 
championship games being hosted by the Chiefs, right? And as you pointed out, this would be the first true true road game he's played. He's obviously been on the road in the Super Bowl, but as far as the AFC playoffs, he's never played a road game. So adding that element into it, him going on the road, beating the Bills, who are, are, are the number two seed, then he goes on the road, beats the number one seeded Ravens led by the MVP of the league. Like, this guy is just, he's a magician, man. You watch him. And it's why, like, as much as... I, I saw the Chiefs struggle on offense throughout the regular season. I could never count them out for two reasons. One is they have a super Super Bowl caliber defense. Like that defense is insane. Led by obviously Chris Jones. But number two is like he's kind of in that air with Brady, LeBron, even MJ, where regardless of the circumstances, you're never counting them out. Like you just don't care. You gotta see it to believe it. Mm-hmm. You gotta see it happen first. Absolutely, and, and and the Buffalo Bills are set up perfect. They're they're set up perfect to be, the, the you know the, the the you know the 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 David and Goliath type 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 story. You know, now are they really the Goliath team that they've been? No, they they they're not. But they still have Travis Kelsey, who you made a comment saying that he's not as productive. I mean, because it's not a whole lot. They can't play the same game that that they've been playing in the past. You know, now you got Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field. He still makes great catches. He's, he, you know, he's still on time, yeah. right? But you got a lot of miscues on that team. You got a lot of you got a lot of wideouts dropping balls. You got a lot of wideouts. You know, they out there look like they don't know they right from their left. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so it's it's a, it's a bunch true, of different man. things that yeah, it's a bunch of different things with the departure of Eric Bieniemy. You know that as well. So it's a lot of different things that you look at. This is by far the worst team that Chiefs has had, which is or the why. worst record, the worst record yep. that they've had. I shouldn't say team, the worst record, and they're they're 100 beatable. It's a different Chiefs team. It's mm-hmm. one we're not used to watching. It's we're used to being, you know, mesmerized by the offense leading the charge. Whereas right now they're relying heavily on that defense, which is why. I continue to say uh, the pressure is all on Josh Allen. Even if the Chiefs lose this game today, no one's going to discredit Mahomes. No one's going to knock Andy Reid. None of that's going to happen. There are so many different ramifications for the Bills losing this game. Could it be the last time we see Stephon Diggs in that uniform? Uh, I guess it's kind of quelled. The noise has been quelled about McDermott, his his status as as a as a head coach with this team. But who knows if it's embarrassing? Could could management look at it and say we need to change? Especially when you look at the assortment of riches at the head coaching position now that's available to you. And, and for Josh Allen, for for a lot of for a lot of people, right? You ask who are the three best quarterbacks in football? They say Mahomes. They say Burrow. And they say Josh Allen. Mahomes has the two Super Bowls. Burrow's taking his team to a Super Bowl. Furthest Josh Allen has gotten is to a championship game. So, I mean, he's not as far as accomplishments in the same conversation with those guys. Then you look at Hurts. He's taking his team to a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson's got two MVPs. Josh Allen's got zero of those things. So mm-hmm. it's a, it, this is a critical moment because then we're going to have to have an If they lose this, we're going to have to have an honest conversation about whether or not the media generally overrates Josh Allen just because of he has the wow factor. Like, he hits a lot of home runs, but he hasn't accomplished as much as people like to make it seem. Right. 
He hits a lot of home runs, but every time he hits a single, he gets out at second. <laughs> yeah, right? Trying to stretch it. Yeah. That's a, that's a perfect analogy. I love it. Cause he, cause, you and don't there's... hit home runs all the time. You don't hit them all the time. Yeah. Far, far, few, few and far between. So I get it. You know, when will the media wake up and, 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 and acknowledge what, 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 does, what, what can he not achieve in order for people to see that Josh Allen is just a, a, a I mean, you ask me, like I think, like like Josh, like like Herbert from the Chargers. I, I like I like that I like that guy. I think that guy's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm talking about top tier. He doesn't have too much around him, right? You take him and put him on that Buffalo team. Are we having the same conversation? I mean, he does have Austin Eckler. <laughs> Come on, man. They, they, uh, they... I, I know, I know Austin. Great. I mean. I can't take nothing away from him, but it's just as simple to hand the ball to him, you know, versus throwing it. It's not to I me. Mean, he got. They a got old... I mean, Mike Williams, I guess, got hurt this year, but right, right. So yeah, sure. And then maybe you could also make the case he was held held back by his quarterback Keenan Allen, of course, dealing with injuries as well. Mm-hmm. So I hear you, but uh, Josh Allen, I think he's tremendous. I don't want to sound like I'm saying Josh Allen isn't worthy of being mentioned among the elite quarterbacks. My point is just that. Sometimes that greatness gets used against you when you don't couple your regular season success with playoff success. We hold it against you, and we do that for every great player. And this is why this moment for Josh Allen is a very, very critical one. You beat the Chiefs, you get to the championship game, then all of a sudden the conversation can change. But you lose. We're wondering, is it it ever going to happen? If not now, then when? Is this all they need to do is, is, is get to the championship no. game? You don't need to win it? No, you need to win, but I'm saying like this is this is a, the the biggest hurdle you have to overcome. Because then uh-huh. if they go on next week, he loses in a shootout in Baltimore against Lamar. It's like, all right, man, like, okay, the, the, the MVP of the league beats you. The Ravens were the better team. Losing this game today, like you can't even beat the Chiefs when they're not their best. In the second round of the playoffs, now, that, now that's two straight years you got bounced in the second round of the playoffs. Or three straight years, because the year before that, the Bengals beat them. So that would be three straight years you lose in the playoffs in the second round. So, right. So so Josh Allen's legacy is going to be tarnished. If he, if not he, tarnished. If he I, I just think that we're going to have our, our honest moment as a, as a, as a, uh, a media giant on television, on radio. Did we overrate him just a tad? Are we holding him to the standard we hold other great quarterbacks to? Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, you got a point. You got a point. Everything is 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 judged and measured or under success. Yep. And, and, and that's just the world. And, and that's just the world we you know that we live in. Back then, a long time ago, in the nineties. We wouldn't have been talking like this, obviously, because we would have been because we would have never gave Dan Marino his flowers. Yeah, he was a guy who couldn't beat Jim Kelly. Yep, and Marino only got to one and never went back. But let's hit a break real quick. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Back to your phone calls when we return. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs on ninety eight seven ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Vibes on a Sunday. New York City, baby. Shout out Tom Barber on the ones and twos. Harvey Cruz has got his uh, Giants attire on. Someone didn't tell him the Giants season ended like uh, 12 weeks ago. So he still didn't get that memo, Brandon. 
He, he's uh, all decked out in his Giants gear. Hey man, you can't you, you can't blame a fan, brother. When you're a fan, you're a fan. It's, it's, it, it, it don't ever go anywhere. Speaking of that, when are you gonna pay your bet off? Man, I'll, I'll pay it off next year probably. It's next cold to come up there right now. Next man. year, meaning like 2025. I mean, if if uh, we when do we have the show next? We were supposed we have every we have every Sunday through the Super Bowl. Okay. Every Sunday through the Super Bowl. So I mean, at least give me springtime. The the deal was supposed to be we do the show, and then the next day we do we we I mean we do the dinner, then the next day we do the show in person. Mm-hmm. But if it's too cold, I understand that. Got to be springtime. You can't be punting punching this I'll give you, into two twenty twenty five. Springtime. All right. I, I, like I'll give you the springtime. That's cool. All right, that's cool. Eight hundred nine one nine. I'll definitely give you that one. There we go. Three seven seven six. Speaking of Harvey, there's a Harvey on the line in Florida. What's up, Harvey? Hey, how are you? How's it going? What's up, man? Uh, um, I want to talk about, excuse me, I want to talk about Kelsey and the Chiefs. Um, I agree with you. Uh, Kelsey had pretty much the same team last year. He was faster. He was indestructible. He helped lead them to the to the championship. Uh, he rarely ever dropped a pass. This year, he's dropping easy passes like I've never seen him do. He's slower. He's having trouble getting open, and when he catches the ball, he's not the threat running with the ball that he used to be. He used to be very hard to tackle, and he could outrun you. He's a very fast, big, strong tight end. I don't see it anymore. And as for the overall problems of the team, the two tackles are terrible. Their offensive oh, tackles. Jawan Ta- Ta- uh, Taylor has had a terrible season with the penalties, man. Is she the one that led the league in penalties? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a joke, man. He's awful. And how about the receivers? Outside of Rice, the kid, that kid, I love him. He's terrific. However, yeah. they, outside of him, they can't hold on to the ball. I mean, Mahomes is getting them open throat, and they drop the ball. I mean, they, they look like high school receivers, Ty. <laughs> and, and, you can't, and, and it's not Eric the Enemy. Eric the Enemy uh, didn't call that many plays with him. It was still Andy Reid. He was his assistant. Eric Bianami went to Washington. They gave him a more prominent role. They won four games this year, Ty. I mean, Sam Howell, I, I, I get that. But Sam Howell, I guess through the yeah. first five weeks, or not even just five weeks, I think it was like the first eight weeks, led the league in passing yards. Uh, but, I mean, what do you expect him to do with Howell? I appreciate the call, Harvey, because I, mm-hmm. I, I agree with uh, most of what you say uh, about Kelsey. I, I, I do see a diminished version of him. And I'm inclined to, just because it's who I am, uh, link it to Taylor Swift, man. Like, uh, get your attention on football, my G. What's up with the you and the Swifties d- d- doing too much? All the partying? Come on, let's lock in. I don't know, man. I'm not gonna say. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that because I think Travis Kelsey's a professional and he knows what got him where he is. So I'm, I don't I'm think teasing. That's the case, man. Yeah, I'm teasing. <laughs> I was about to say. I just want some. But he said, you know, call him saying this about Eric Bieniemy. I mean, no one still don't want to give. They, you know, they they don't want to address the elephant in the room. It's just no one. I guess no one will. Yeah, he's a he he is a presence on this coach. He's a presence on the coaching staff that has been where these players are trying to go. He is the you know. So he he holds a little bit more weight with the team than people think. That, all right. That's all I'm gonna say. Let's do this. Uh, let's take a quick break. We come back. Uh, we will 
obviously get back to the games from last night, preview the games today. But I want to talk some some Jets and Giants with with uh, Brandon Jacobs. We got Chris Candy coming on with us at twelve thirty. So let's get into the Jets and Giants conversation. I got to get your reaction to uh, the news this week when it came to Brian Dable and you know Wink Martindale and what actually went into the breakup. Uh, talk about the Jets as well. So let's do that. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll be back in a moment right here on ninety eight seven ESPN.